Hello, hello, welcome and welcome back to Blazers for Goalposts. Today on the pod, I am joined as always by my co-host Joe, and as we typically do, we also have a special guest with us who we'll be introducing shortly. Joe, how are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thanks, Kai. Very well. And as you said, we do have a guest, and it's a footballer who I used to love watching back when I was living in Exeter a few years ago. So a big welcome to Blazers for Goalposts, to Jimmy Keohane. Jimmy is currently playing his trade at Rochdale. He will be kick-starting their League One campaign in a few weeks' time. Jimmy, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Joe. Um, doing great. And thanks for having me on the show. Oh, no. Thank you very <laughs> much for being on the show. We look forward um, to chatting to you. But we thought we'd start off... Well, essentially, Jimmy, we noticed on Twitter that you're currently doing a degree via the Open University. Is that correct? That's true. I've been doing that for a number of years, um, part-time. So I'm actually in my, coming up to my final year. Um, I'm doing a degree in mathematics, so um, I can see the finish line coming closer. So I just I chose my two modules for my final year, so hopefully all goes well. <laughs> well, wishing you the best of luck for that final year. And we might know yeah. the answer to this question now based on what you're studying, but back when you were at school, what was your favourite subject? Was it maths by any chance? Um, it was, yeah. I was, I was quite interested in maths and science. So that's where that sort of stemmed from. I was just looking to continue my education while I was in football. And I felt like doing a maths degree was something I could really do from home. So that's why I, I sort of fell into that. And I've nearly finished it now. So I'm, I'm quite pleased that I've actually done it and hopefully I can, can finish it off now. Brilliant. And well, as we said, wishing you all the best of luck with that. Um, but Kaitel, what was your favourite subject at school? Yeah, don't let my GCSE results fool you because they were actually quite good, but I wasn't the best student, so it's kind of a tricky question, <laughs> but I would have to default back to PE or games. <laughs> Bit of a throwaway answer, but otherwise, Jimmy, I'm curious, would you ever consider going into teaching? Um, it's not something I've considered massively. Still don't know what quite direction I'm going to go in yet with the the degree. I just thought it would it would be something that um would be a bit of security um when my football career does come to an end. What about you, Joe? I think Joe and I had probably a couple classes together because we went to school together back in the day. But what were you enjoying back then? I guess it would probably have to be politics as that was the one I went on to study at Exeter University yeah. um, but um, to be honest yeah but you know it's a, it's a mad world at the moment I don't know how much politics I want to delve into for the time being I think I'll stick to a um, good old football podcast for the time being <laughs> yeah few more questions for you, Jimmy, before we get into some games and a bit more general conversation. So not only have you lived in and played in the Emerald Isle, but also one of your youth teams was called Evergreen. And more than that, you have a bit of a green thumb, judging by the photo on your Twitter of the Courgettes. Yeah, um, that was sort of a, a, a lockdown project. As soon as lockdown happened, we... Um, thought we'd, we'd give it a go and um, yeah it's uh, worked out worked out well for us we still got um, 
some veg coming in. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. What's next? What's about to sprout? Well, we um, we did plant corn, but I'm not sure if that's like quite turned out that well. I think it, there might have been a lack of sunlight towards where we put them. Um, they were at the back. The cor- we had the courgettes and the butternut squash, and that has come through now. That will probably be a bit later. So it's all it's all pretty cool. Yeah, it's something my um, when I was growing up in Ireland, my dad was always like really good at um, growing veg, and he always had it in the back garden. So just thought I'd I'd give it a go over lockdown and went okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot, Jimmy. And we, we like to get the big questions out of the way early on in the show. So what is your favorite yeah. vegetable? Wow. So um, I suppose the uh, pretty um, maybe stereotypical or simple, no exotic choice, but uh, probably a potato. Yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The potato, timeless. <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> very classic i think i'm gonna have a jacket potato for dinner tonight so you know i'm i'm clearly in team potato as well um but going back to football um and last season in particular you got the chance to play at old trafford um when rochdale took on manchester united in the carabao cup and obviously i know that the game ended in unfortunate circumstances with the penalty shootout but what was your overall experience of playing at Old Trafford against the likes of Pogba, Lingard and Greenwood? Yeah, it was a, a fantastic experience. It was um, something I've always dreamed of when I was younger growing up was playing at Old Trafford. So get the chance to actually do that was um, it was a real uh, highlight in my career. To go out there and play a competitive game against Manchester United was just... Um, very surreal really and a wonderful experience even though um, it didn't go too well for me in the end. <laughs> you know you stood up you took your penalty sadly these things happen. Yeah, it happens it happens. But, exactly. Um, yeah we, um, we all we all uh, absolutely um, loved the experience and it was uh, uh, wonderful all around really yeah. Yeah I mean like you say a, a brilliant experience for Rochdale but also um the game was famous as well for um, Luke Matteson scoring at the age of 16. Um, yeah. I know that he, he's moved on to Wolves. He spent the rest of the season on loan at you. But how excited are you about his future in the game? Yeah, I think he's a, a, a real prospect. Um, since he came into the team, he's nothing but like professionally got um, great athletic ability getting up and down the pitch and uh, applying that with a, a great attitude which he has he's um he's got a, a big future ahead of him i mean we were chatting about our favorite subjects at school i wonder what luke's is because he's still probably studying well, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's quite an intelligent guy so yeah no he comes across he comes across well in the sort of small amount of time that he's been thrust into the limelight he's he's painted himself yeah. quite well Otherwise, Jimmy, there's a bit of an Irish contingent at Rochdale these days, with maybe Paul McShane being the highest profile of the bunch. Given his pedigree when he was at United and then also his experience in the Premier League with other clubs, what does Paul bring to the Rochdale camp that maybe other players without the same level of experience don't? Um, I think, as you said, he's got um, massive experience in the game. And with that, he brings a, a, a real professionalism and a professional edge and his standards, I suppose, 
when he's come to Rochdale has been like um, he expects still expects those Premier League standards, and uh, and bringing that into like a League One club really makes us aspire to to be at a, a higher level and a bit more professionalism. All right, um, I think also his passion for the game as well is a uh, clearly evident to see like when he's in training constantly um, on the pitch as well. Um, how he applies himself. So I, I think there's a lot of things you can really take from Paul. Just beyond Paul, is having a bunch of Irish players in the squad something that you personally enjoy? And does it contribute to good team morale? Or would you say that it's not really too much of a factor? Um, yeah, I, I think it's um, great. We're uh, we're slowly taking over. Um, <laughs> I'm only joking. But uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I already knew a couple of the lads in the, the Rochdale team. So that it made it easy for my myself coming over and I'm sure like other Irish lads coming in to have a few Irish lads in the team already. It's um it's obviously quite uh, comfortable going in and we also have a great group of uh, English lads in the team as well and it's uh, we, we seem to have like a, a, a good team morale, all right, as you said then. Yeah, it's, 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 it's going well so far, yeah. And you're playing for Rochdale now, but you spent a good while playing in England a while ago before you returned mm -hmm. to Irish football, where you would win yeah. your first league title a few years later with Cork City. And winning any title is, is special, but what I want to ask you is, League One where you play now, the Irish Premier Division, or even, for instance, the English Premier League, what difference, if any, does the league that you're playing in at the time make to how caught up you get in becoming champions? And then also, how does it affect how you view the accomplishment afterwards? Do you mean like playing in, in the League of Ireland compared to being over here? And Yeah, you, you've won a championship there. And I'd say that the eyes of the world, the world's eyes aren't necessarily focused on Irish. Yeah football but but that wouldn't necessarily detract from the experience of becoming a champion so yeah I think it's like um being in your like I suppose where you've grown up and um just being being in Ireland and uh playing in the league and we we had a we had a great team at at the time and um my dad's from Cork as well and to to win a, a league with Cork was um it was pretty special all right something that I look back on like as a massive achievement in my career and then it was just a really, really enjoyable experience um, those few years I had in Ireland and especially that year when we won a, won a few trophies, all right. If you were to say win League One this year, would you see that as more of an accomplishment or do you just, whatever season you're in the middle of at the time, you just make that your life and winning whatever title is on offer is the be all and end all or they're just their own things? Um, I think it's it's special in its own right because it was it was in Ireland and it was something a bit more personal to me. But I think in in terms of what if if we were to go up in League One, it'd be an amazing achievement in itself. Um, but uh, it's obviously it's difficult to compare. Like something's like massively maybe more personal to me. But if look at the sort of achievement if we were to go win the league with Rochdale it would go down as a massive achievement so it's quite hard to compare really. Well um, luckily for you Jimmy we've only had 
one guest on so far who was a League One player at the time, David Wheeling. And a few weeks yeah. after that interview, he went on to get promotion. So maybe this um, interview right now might prove that, you know, a bit of luck for Rochdale to get the promotion yeah. this year. But I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Time for a game now, and this is a game that we often play on um, Blazers for goalposts. So this is Ooh, uh, yeah. And basically, what you and Kaito will be doing is having to guess the mystery player, essentially. And so I'll give you one clue to start um, start you both off, and the clue is is that this player is Irish. Okay, I'm guessing he was like famous for playing in the Premier League, probably. Yeah. I'd say so, yeah. I'd say yes. <laughs> say so. Okay. <laughs> just ask questions like that. Yeah, just literally anything you want, Jimmy, and then, yeah, hopefully eventually we'll get there. We'll see. Did he play for a team in red? You know what? He did, but I wouldn't... That won't help you get this guy, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh... Is he most famous, I guess, because it sounded like he played outside of the Premier League, potentially. Is he more of like a championship player or a premiership player? I'd say kind of half-half, but yeah, more famous for Premier League. But he has played okay. in the championship too. Is, does, is he a striker? He's not a striker. Oh, Is he a defender? He is a defender. Okay, so I guess, is he a centre-back or a full-back? He is a full-back. A full-back. <laughs> okay. Hmm. <laughs> I can give um before you say anything, Kai, I'm gonna give one clue to Jimmy, which might help, in that he actually started his youth career at the same team that I believe you did, which is Belvedere. Okay, Matt Doherty, is it? It's not. I mean I I'm a big oh. fan of Doherty. He's he's off he's about to join my team Spurs, but no, it's okay. not him. Um that was a good guess. A little um, bit older than Doherty is my, is the other Wes, Wes Hulahan? No, not Wes. No. It's, um, it's a defender, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've sort of blanked. He's an international, like Republic of he Ireland played, international. He played 39 times. He's reti- I think he's retired now, but he played 39 times for Republic of Ireland. so obvious. <laughs> yeah, there's only so many yeah, Irish fullbacks. That I I'll, can... I'll give you, Kai, I'll give you one more clue. He's played, or he, he was at least in a team that played in the Europa League final. In a-, a team that played in a Europa League final. I don't know if he started the game, but he was in the squad the year they got to the Europa League final. All right. So if it's an English team, then that's what? Manchester United, Arsenal, Fulham. 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 Okay, Fulham. Oh, wait, no. I was about to make a faux pas because he's Northern Irish. I was going to say Chris Baird. No, sadly <laughs> not. Baird. Good player, but not him. Um, this Fulham thing, though, Joe. <laughs> that that's I mean are we yeah. on to something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played for Fulham. Yeah, because Steve Finnan was not on that in that Fulham team. No. Uh, oh, what, one thing I'll say is earlier Jimmy mentioned Matt Doherty, who's about to join Spurs. This guy started his professional career at Spurs after after Belvedere, where he'd been in Ireland. Oh, okay. That was I was going to say that. Yeah. Did it, was that Stephen Kelly? I just heard. Or by. Oh, I heard Stephen Carr. Uh, I think it sounds like. Oh Stephen no! Oh no! I've heard. I've given <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> yeah. 
I've given it, God, that's a first for who are you when I've just like revealed the answer. But yeah, it, 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 was, um, it was in fact um, Stephen. What team did he play for yeah. that, that wore red? Um, yeah, so this is why I didn't want, it, it turns out for the final two years of his career, he was at Rotherham. So Okay, oh, right. fair enough. <laughs> I don't wow. think he's really associated with them. So what I'll say about Stephen team. Kelly is, the man has brilliant skin. <laughs> <laughs> He looks like he's like he looks like he's like eighteen years old. He probably still looks like he's eighteen years old. I feel like he's a bit of a baby face. <laughs> yeah, he was um he was a, he was a good player to be fair to him. He was. Well. Um, yeah. I do I do have one more player, and um again well yeah he he is Irish, but the the clue I'll give you, which might make it a bit quicker, is he is currently playing in the same league as Jimmy Keohane. Okay. Another Irish player. Another Irish player. Was he a success in the Premier League at any point? I'd say just about, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd say a success in the Premier League. This is, is where he my a is. winger? Oh, I think you're onto something here, Jimmy. He is a winger. Aiden McGeady, though? Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Got, got there a bit quicker this time. Aiden McGeady, Sunderland player. I'm sure you'll be lining up against him at some point this season. But yeah, what I mean... I think he was born in Scotland, potentially. I know he's, he's got yeah. Irish um, heritage, but yeah, obviously Celtic was where he had his um, strongest spell. But yeah, there we go. I didn't give that one away, so that's positive. Yeah. I also love that he played for Spartak Moscow for like a good while yeah. as well, randomly. Yeah, a number of years he was over yeah. there. Yeah, Celtic been, and like, Spartak yeah. legend. <laughs> yeah, can't really Irish players to make that move over to Russia, but a nice fun fact for everybody. We're going to move on to discuss European football at club and international level in this section. And as a league champion in Ireland, Jimmy, you then entered into European football qualification for the following season. The first round of qualifier games took you to Estonia, where you triumphed over FC Labadia before the campaign ended against Cypriot opposition AEK Larnaca in the following round. I'm curious to know, what are the major differences when it comes to preparing for a game against foreign opposition? compared to playing domestic football? Um, yeah, like, especially when you play maybe the, the more Southern Europe teams, the, the pace, because obviously the, the climate's a lot warmer, the game tends to be a lot slower, more possession-based, um, especially when we played Larnaca, I think it was, it was at uh, nighttime, but it was still almost like, <laughs> it was, the humidity was, was something else, and, they were quite a good side. They, they had a lot of um, Spanish players and they're technically very good. So I suppose like preparing for those games, we, we knew that um, we might not have the ball a lot of the time. We need, need to stay in shape. And when we do get it, sort of hit them on the counter. Whereas like when we're playing in League of Ireland games, we knew that we might have a lot more possession. It might be a bit more um, physical as a follow-up, we've seen not in Cyprus, but not far off of Cyprus, in Greece, Harry Maguire getting into trouble recently. When you have a group of guys, especially in your traveling, and especially, for instance, if you find yourself in a place like Cyprus with a bit of a reputation for like a nightlife and whatnot, is there ever a temptation or are the lads just that good professionals that they're just not necessarily, even after the game's done and you know you've maybe got a night to kill or something like that, yeah, is there a temptation to just go out? Um, in, in Cyprus? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 
there was actually there's there's usually that temptation especially when you're abroad and obviously uh when we played Larnaca we weren't a million miles away from uh Ayanapa, which is uh renowned <laughs> for its, uh, its uh, nightlife so uh after one of the games we did end up heading up there for a, a few drinks and that so it was a bit, bit of good fun <laughs> no it sounds like it I could ask more, but I don't want to get you or any of your teammates yeah, into trouble. I won't, so. I won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> great. No, it sounds like um, great experiences playing in Europe, but also a good night out um, attached onto it as well. Yeah. So can't complain. That, that, that doesn't happen all the time now, but it was just it was it was just that time. <laughs> exactly, just <laughs> that time. Um, switching to um, international football now keeping the Irish theme going. Um, there's probably not been many more controversial games in recent years than the um, France versus Ireland World Cup qualifying match, probably about 10 years now, just over 10 years ago. So that was the game when Thierry Henry's blatant handball effectively ended Ireland's chance of um, getting into the 2010 World Cup. Is that the most frustrating match you've ever watched as a fan of Irish football? And have you ever played in a game where there has been a decision that has annoyed you as much as that? Yeah, in a game you actually played in too. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever seen anything like that when the World Cup is on the line, a game of that magnitude, and then a decision like that goes against you. It's just I haven't obviously um, suffered anything that bad, but when you're watching that game, it's just like <laughs> how has it happened to? To Ireland on on the cusp of qualifying for a World Cup, it's, it's it was just um, unreal at the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was obviously a crazy scenario, which now with um, VAR clearly it would have been yeah. chalked off. But yeah, has there is there been a game in the last season or two you played in where perhaps maybe not something quite as controversial as that? But has there been a, a game you can remember where something's happened that has just yeah cost you in a way that you you couldn't believe um, they gave a decision? Um, not, nothing particularly jumps out to me, but you you do have um, those. Obviously, we don't have VAR in in League One, but um, when uh, the referee is making a few decisions against you, it's just um, it can be very frustrating. But yeah, I, I think few footballers can say they were as hard done by as the um, the Irish players on that night. Yeah, um, but. From um, controversy on the pitch, we're going to move on to some controversy off the pitch. Um, so we're talking about Man City here when they were initially banned from the Champions League um, for next season and potentially the season after that because of kind of financial fair play issues and basically the allegation that they'd broken the rules. Um, recently, that ban was obviously overturned, meaning that they will get a chance to um, play in the Champions League next season and probably not make the Champions League final again, which seems to be the case for um, City. But uh, given um, you play for a club like Rochdale, where, you know, the finances of a club are very important, especially with coronavirus now and everything, for all clubs and from almost championship down, there is a real threat of um, financial issues at any given moment. Um, how frustrating was it for you to see Man City effectively get away with what you could call cheating? And do you think that financial fair play is effectively a sham? Yeah, it doesn't really. Um, after that, uh, so Man City got away with that, I suppose it's just, it hasn't really shown like what financial fair play is supposed to be doing. So 
I think it's really like clubs are going to find their ways around it um, regardless now. I haven't really made an example of Man City and it's uh, it's something that is obviously going to continue if they they don't put um, stronger bands in place, I suppose. I know it's a massive um, find that they had, but um, it's nothing to really a, a club like that, is it? <laughs> no, not at all. They've definitely um, got away with one there. Pick That One Out is a game that we featured on the podcast before. On today's episode, however, I'm delighted to be able to present a collaboration for this edition. Rochdale, the town where Jimmy plays, is the birthplace of none other than comedian Steve Coogan, aka Alan Partridge. So unfortunately, we couldn't get Alan from Radio Norwich for the show, but we've got something even better. Fellow local lads and Radio Rochdale presenter, Adam Sparrow has prepared some alternative commentary on some memorable goals from the past scored by Irish players. The rest of you are going to be guessing what goal he's describing. Take it away, Adam. There's the Argentine fullback charging down the left. He hurdles a challenge and keeps going. Or is it Argentinian? Anyway, the ball's made its way infield to the French forward. We know that one at least. He's laid it back into the midfield, and now here comes the through ball. And who's that running through in the clear? Oh, he's only gone and lobbed it over the onrushing keeper, I tell you what. Why has he done that? I didn't know he could do that. Actually, judging from the look on his face, I'd say he's surprised as the rest of us. Yeah, mate. You did it. Yeah. You. Oh, heavens. So, uh, very graciously, Adam Sparrow has um, <laughs> recorded some, <laughs> some alternative commentary for us. And uh, do you guys have any, any idea of, um, of what goal that might have been? Adam and I, who are not the same person, have been in, in communication, so he's given me some clues, of course, but we're definitely not <laughs> the same person. Well, pass on, okay. Adam. Yeah, pass on our thanks to Adam. Um, I, enjoyed, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed his little commentary there. Um, so, I assume it's from the 2018 World Cup? No, this goal was, like, oh. probably towards 15 years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. There goes which, my goal, which goal were you thinking of? I was thinking maybe... Um, one of Mbappe's goals in the when they played each other in the knockout stage. Um, okay, so the clue is going to be that um, we're sticking on that Irish theme. Oh, Irish! Oh, God! It was Argentina. It was why did I think France? That was stupid. <laughs> um, Jimmy, do you have any inkling? <laughs> I cannot think about it at all. <laughs> Argentina. Well, so the left back was Argentinian. That was okay. all. That was just a bit of build-up. There's an Argentine left-back who runs down the wing, plays it to a French striker. He lays it off to an English midfielder who plays a through ball to an Irish player who lobs the keeper. Um, but feel, maybe in the same vein as who are you, the more questions you ask, the easier it'll get. Is it um, Tottenham-related? No, but it does involve a North London club. The goal was scored against the North London club by a different team. Ah, okay. So hey. it's against Arsenal. Yeah, it is a goal against Arsenal, Joe. Correct. Uh, I was actually at this game at Highbury, so that's how long ago it was. John O'Shea. <laughs> yeah, well done, Jimmy. Oh, that was John, John O'Shea thinking. making a 4-2 against Arsenal. Yeah, that think off is that four. Yeah, exactly. The one where you were like, basically, yeah. you thought it was probably Ronaldo scoring, and then you sort of did a double take. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, was that John O'Shea? Oh, wait, it was John O'Shea. Yeah. That was a really good goal. <laughs> 
Um, like I said, I was in the stadium, and I think usually there's silence in the home end when the away team scores, but the fact that it was John O'Shea, like, you, you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> People were just, like, in <laughs> genuinely in shock. Um, I do have one more for you guys. Um, or, sorry, I should say Adam. Adam has one more for you guys. Ball on the right. I'm telling you, this lad is the next David Beckham, mark my words. He sells his man a step over, like, presumably you might sell the masses toilet paper or hand sanitizer in a theoretical global pandemic that might happen, let's say, I don't know, 15 years from now? As if. Basically, he's sold his man, and since I started talking, his ripped-in cross has been headed clear out of the area, and it's going to fall nicely here, like somebody with bad balance, but good manners, and goodness gracious me! The Greek god Zeus himself would have been proud of that thunderbolt. Good thing there's a net there, or he would have decapitated the young lad in Rose Ed. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that Adam, he's really got away with words, huh? Yeah, Adam has really gone. I really appreciate the efforts Adam went to for this. Um, so, crossing, headed out, yeah, volleyed into the net, yeah. And it was a Dave. Did you say the guy who it was a the guy who crosses it was at one point in time? Everyone was like, he is going to be the next David Beckham, and he doesn't play. He doesn't even play football anymore. Ah, uh, that's David Bentley, then, isn't it? It is David Bentley. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. So presumably this was in a game for Blackburn Rovers. Okay. Striker that he's trying to cross the ball to, who doesn't manage to get his head on it because it's defended, is Shefki Kuki. Just a, just a <laughs> just to put that. Are in we we still on the Irish theme? We we are on the Irish theme still. Yeah. Damien um, Duff was. Duff, you said not Damien Duff. Kai, is um is it Stephen Reed banging one in against Wigan? It's that shot that famously was like measured as like one of the fastest shots ever by Stephen yeah. Reed. Absolute thunderbolt oh, into the top corner. What a goal that was. Blackburn were wearing that sort of like black and grey away kit. And I think the defender who gets rid of it is, is actually Pascal Chimbonda, potentially making the clearing header. So there's just like quite a lot of nostalgia going on in that clip. And uh, I, think, I think Adam captured it beautifully, to be honest with you. Yeah, he did. Uh, I, I like Adam. I think Adam needs to return. <laughs> so. Yeah, we'll, we'll have him back. We'll have him back. And I think Alan Partridge might have to watch out for Adam Sparrow. He's coming for you. <laughs> Just before we do take off, Jimmy, focusing on, on Rochdale just quickly but with the season coming up, what do you make of your prospects? And do you reckon you're going to improve on your 18th place finish from last season? Um, I think we have every chance. Uh, we've, uh, we've been really playing well um, pre-season so far. We've, in the games we've played, we've, we've played well. So I think we've just got to keep everyone fit and keep implementing the game plan we have go, like going forward and the, the style we're looking to, to apply the game. So I, I think if we, we can obviously keep everyone fit, maybe add a, a few more faces, I think we've, we have every chance of improving on that, that place from last season. Because I think we start very well last year, but then ended up going on quite a long rocky patch. But managed to get out of that we were we were playing some good stuff uh, in the new year especially so I think I think we we could definitely improve on that this year. Has the manager had any words with you personally in terms of 
shift in expectations or what he wants from you this season or just any, yeah, anything different that you're looking to add to your game or to contribute to the team this year compared to last year? Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's quite relaxed um, about, about it all, really. I think um, he wants to uh, apply a lot of the stuff that we did last year and we did well. So I think it's just maybe polishing up on a few things that, that weren't so good last year. And uh, he's just trying to apply that um, for the for the common year, yeah. Brilliant. Well, um, we, of course, wish you all the best of luck for the next season. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, like you said, Jimmy, thank you for coming on. And I guess, just finally, do you have any words for um, any Rochdale fans listening? Anything you want to say just before the season starts to anybody? Uh, it'd, it'd be great to, to have him back in October, so we're... We're all looking forward to having him back in the stadium. I think that's the main main message we we'd like to well I'd like to put out there and I'm sure the team's the same that we we can't wait to to have fans back in the ground and football's not really anything without without the spectators and the fans of of the games. No, no. We all want to be getting back as fans too and I'm sure Scotland will be rocking again in no time. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> To everybody listening, please follow us on Twitter at BlazersFGPods. And you can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Blazers for Goalposts. That's all we've got for today. Thank you very much. Goodbye.